Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I got a special guest on the show today. You've heard of him. He is the one and only, the famous Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. <laughs> Glad you're here, Matt. Yeah, me too, Joe. Am I famous? It's nice you're to know. world famous, man. But uh, first, guys, I wanted to let you know at realestateinvestingmastery.com, you can get our Fast Cash Survival Kit on there. We teach you how Alex and I do deals, basically. And in fact, we were talking about this recently, that those videos are probably a couple, two or three years old, and nothing has really changed. We're still doing the same thing. We still have the same VAs. So um, some people ask us sometimes, well, hey, that video is old. Is it outdated? No, it's not. I mean, the principles stay the same, right? A, a deal is a deal is a deal. Motivated seller is a motivated seller is a motivated seller. You get the point, right? So this Fast Cash Survival Kit is a real simple guide to how we do our marketing, how we use virtual assistants, how we wholesale deals that have equity, how we wholesale deals that don't have equity. It's a great place to get started. And also, I'd encourage you to look at our old shows. Um, one of those popular episodes that we've done that I keep finding myself um, recommending and referring to people is the uh, podcast that we did recently with Tom Kroll. I think it was episode 82. Tom Kroll is a friend of mine um, in Florida who's doing some pretty amazing things with his personal assistants, not his virtual assistants, his personal assistants. And I don't know why I thought of that, but it was just this morning or yesterday um, where I was referring one of my clients to listen to some podcasts, and that was one of the, the important episodes I gave him to listen to. That was Tom Kroll interview part two. But anyway, go to the website, realestateinvestingmastery.com, and look to see what we have there because um, it's a whole encyclopedia of real estate investing gold that you can just get a ton of really good information out of. Um, so also, one more thing I want to ask you to consider leaving us a review. I know uh, we used to have more reviews than Matt Terrio did. <laughs> does we used to have almost double his reviews and then i remember talking to you matt one time about that and uh i remember you saying something along the lines of ah oh, well i need to fix that and uh sure enough sure enough he did um your podcast has been really exploding and you've been asking people to leave reviews and sure enough they have actually i bet you anything matt how many of those <laughs> how many of those reviews did you buy on fiverr come on now no, I just bribed my audience really well. No, no, no. How many did you buy on Fiverr? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so now, yeah, now Matt has about double the reviews that we have in, in iTunes. But listen, I want to ask you guys if you would consider leaving us leaving us a review on iTunes so that, you know, we can start getting, uh, catching up with Matt. But, yeah, help Joe out. Help yes, Joe help, out. <laughs> help us out. <laughs> uh, Matt's a good friend. We're in the same mastermind together. Um Matt is doing a lot of really cool things. He's got, I want to ask him some questions about what he's doing with cash flow savvy. He's got an amazing system where he sells turnkey rental properties. And I know there's a lot of people out there looking to invest in real estate, but don't want to do all of the dirty work, right? They're just looking for somebody that can give them good deals 
with good tenants, good property management. Now, there's still work. You still have to do work, um, and, and maybe that's something we can talk about, Matt, because I was listening to, you, listening to you recently talk about that, and it was really good. There is still work. You know, there is really no true thing as a complete set it and forget it turnkey real estate investing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, exactly. So maybe we can talk about that. But Sure. Uh, glad to have you on the show, Matt. How you doing? Glad, glad to be here. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, and uh, we just saw each other what, back in. Uh, we saw each other in December, right? It was in Phoenix. So yeah, that was two months right. ago. And uh, we're thirty days away from seeing each other again. I think, right? Well, I'm. Uh, I'm not going to Tampa. Mm, you're not. I'm okay. going to San Diego for traffic and conversion. Are you going to that? Yeah, I'll be there as well. Okay. Well, I'll see you there. <laughs> Super, super. Those of you that don't know, uh, there's a huge internet marketing conference every year in San Diego called the Traffic and Conversion Summit. It's just phenomenal. It's really good. And any of you who are interested in internet marketing stuff, you should go to that. If it's not this year, try to go to next year. Um, Unbelievable cool. networking there, too, by the way. That's the whole reason, really, most people go. Yeah, exactly. If you want to meet some people, and there's a lot of people in the real estate space that go a ton. there. Um, at least that's who we meet when we see when we go there. But mm-hmm. I think everybody who's anybody is going to be there, except the mm-hmm. the real big shots who are too important to go to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's just as much value to hanging out in the bar as there is yeah. attending all the, the different events and conferences. You know, and there is something to be said, too, about networking and masterminds and things like that. Um, a lot of times, you know, some of us guys who do teaching and coaching or podcasts and stuff, you know, we have our own inner circle that we kind of like to hang out with. And and maybe that doesn't fit what everybody else is out there listening to this trying to do. But let me tell you something, Matt. Um, about th- four or five months ago, I started a local wholesaling mastermind here in St. Louis. And this group is phenomenal. We meet once a month for one to two hours. And I found I, I tried to find all of the major wholesalers in St. Louis, the guys who are actually doing deals. And I invited all of them to come and sit once a week, uh, once a month, I mean, in my office. We have a big conference room area and mastermind and just talk about deals, right? And co-wholesale deals together or, you know, the the whole purpose of it was to share ideas. Um, Well, first of all, I thought the whole idea was going to be let's just share deals. Like somebody maybe has a deal that they can't sell and they need a buyer or somebody has a buyer who's looking for deals that they don't have. And uh, what I've been finding, it's, it's surprising to me, was, number one, a lot of people, when they when they come there, are sharing their secrets, right? Like, this is working for me, and this isn't working right now. Or somebody asks a question like, uh, one guy was doing a lot of advertisements on the back of the receipts at grocery stores. Uh, he spent a couple thousand dollars to get his ad on I don't know, like 300,000 receipts, okay? Some ridiculous number on the back of the receipt at the grocery stores, right? I buy houses. Didn't get one call on that. So you would think, oh, competitor, you know, he's he'll tell us, yeah, those receipts work great. Well, um, no, he's really honest. He said, no, they don't work. They suck. Don't ever do it. Right, well, it's, right. it's really awesome, and I want to encourage everybody listening to this, if you have whatever you're interested in, maybe you're a landlord and you do buy and hold a bunch of property and you want to network with other landlords, or maybe you're a wholesaler. If you don't have a small group mastermind, I'm not talking about RIA groups, okay? 
the only people that can come to our mastermind are people that are doing deals. So you have to be invited. And uh, that's how we get some of the major players to our group. If our group was open to just everybody, the beginners and, and uh, people wanting to do real estate, you know, it would be obnoxious. But we're inviting everybody. You have to, to come, you have to be invited. So everybody who's there are actually doing deals. And what we've, the other thing we've been, I've been surprised to see is a lot of these guys, uh, we're selling deals to each other. Some of these guys, they'll wholesale deals or they'll just keep some of them for themselves. And so, uh, we're getting pretty significant wholesaling fees, wholesaling deals to each other. It's working out really, really well. So anybody listening to this, get yourself into a mastermind. Get yourself in with a group of people and in your local market, if you can, or maybe even nationwide. I have some friends who just met somewhere in the Bahamas for a uh, mastermind with some friends, you know, talking about the business, talking about doing deals and some internet marketing stuff. So grab yourself a good mastermind. What, what, uh, do you feel like you get a lot of value out of things like that, Matt? Oh, totally, totally. And, and a couple of things that you've already said when you talked about how you, your free course, how you created that like three years ago. And people ask if it's dated. And then you just said this one guy who shared his uh, story or his experience about these uh, advertisements on the back of the receipts. Yeah. You know, I, have, I, I think you're kind of like me, Joe, because I think uh, we talk about a lot of stuff and we have a lot of stuff in common right away when we start talking about how we're, we're students. Like, we, I buy almost everyone's course that comes out. I buy every little ebook. I subscribe to everybody's stuff. I want to see what they're doing. Um, I'm always looking for an edge in my own business. And when it comes down to it, every time I go into someone's new program, they got a new pitch or a new angle, I'm just like, oh, well, I, I'm already doing that. So I guess everyone's just doing the same thing. <laughs> so it's, it's the same things that have worked over and over and over again. And, and when you belong to a mastermind, you start to realize that, that there's, a, there's a handful of things that work well. And then, uh, you know, lightning may strike every once in a while. But, um, yeah, that, that's what I've definitely got out of the mastermind. And I just made a couple of things you said made me think of that. Well, it's also important, too, because you realize, well, hey, that stuff works. Uh, or, mm-hmm. you know what, I stopped doing that for some reason. And here's some Joe Schmo doing it now, and he's actually getting leads and doing deals from that. Wow, maybe I should do that again, do it, do some more of that. Mm-hmm. Every time you know, I did a live event, uh, uh-huh. I kind of I do these live events uh, uh, just before my property tours, and I did one in Atlanta. And there was a couple that showed up, and they weren't even academy members at the time. They showed up, and they had just taken the free course. They had, you know, they both had full-time jobs. They didn't make a lot of money at all. I think they had two kids, so they did not have any money at all. And they did their first deal, and they closed their first deal the day that they uh, that my event was there, and they drove like two hours, I think, to, to meet me and to tell me about the deal that they closed based off of the information. And you know what they did, Joe? Was <laughs> They all they did was post house wanted signs, or excuse me, a house wanted ads on Craigslist, yeah. and then when they got under contract, they said house for sale. That's all they did, and they made that first deal was sixty five hundred dollars. And and sometimes you forget that wow, I guess that that simple basic stuff does work. You know that sometimes the evidence is enough just to recharge you and and get refocused on what on the right activities. Well, and it's about taking massive action because. One of my favorite success stories is a friend of mine. He's real good friends now. One of the first webinars I did on wholesaling lease options, it was at a time where um, I was on my webinars, I was actually teaching way too much on the webinar and they were going way too long and uh, my sales weren't that good. Um, anyway, that's a whole other topic. But I had a, a guy who was listening to that 
webinar. And he was, he, t- he tells the story now. He didn't have two pennies to rub together. He was sitting on the couch in his living room and his kids just left for school and he had no food in the fridge. He had no food to give them when they got home for dinner. And he looked at his couch and he said, you know what? Um, I guess I can sell this couch. And he did. He put it on Craigslist. A couple hours later, somebody came, paid him 80 bucks and took his couch. And then he had some money for his kids. And it was shortly after that, he heard my webinar and me just talking about the concepts of wholesaling lease options. And I gave some, some real simple concepts in there and he just started doing it. He didn't understand how it, the whole process worked. He didn't understand steps seven and eight, but he just started doing steps one and two. And then he figured out steps three and four. And then after he did steps three and four, well, then he just figured out six, seven, eight, you know, and he, he closed his first deal. And then pretty soon within a matter of months, he's making ten, twenty thousand dollars a month flipping lease options. And that's when he called me and he was almost in tears. And he said, man, I got to tell you something, Joe. I, uh, you really, really helped me. And it was the simple, my point in that is, listen, you, you hear somebody and even you hear somebody and, and, you, and we're telling you what works. Matt is, has an amazing podcast and he doesn't hold anything back. And I, I don't think we either, we do that either, but we're giving you like the keys to the kingdom right now in a sense. The stuff that we're talking about here in this podcast, it just isn't, we're not trying to blow, blow, smoke up your whatever, right? We're telling you stuff that actually works. And if you aren't making money, if you aren't doing deals in this market, you have nobody to blame but yourself. You, we're giving you everything that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Frequently, uh, you know, I'll, I'll hear a story, I'll get an email, I'll get a phone call of someone that listens to the podcast that's not even a, a student or a member of my academy or anything like that, and they share their story with me of what they've done and how they've, um, how, how they've closed their deal. And I'm just like, gosh, why am I not doing more of that? <laughs> like it right. reminds, reminds me of that. I just, I, I randomly, I haven't logged into bigger pockets in probably six months. And I just, I was up early this morning and, and I saw that I had a new friend request and I just went and checked it out. And there's this guy, and he said, I, I, I took a, I just have, I have this new little three video uh, sequence of how to find a buyer, how to, how to, excuse me, how to find a deal, how to find a buyer, and how to close it. Very, very vague, very, very quick. Um, everything's there, but it's, I go over pretty quickly. And he said he'd watch, he sent me an, a message through Bigger Pockets that I read just this morning. He said, I watched that seven times, and I'm closing my first deal this Friday. <laughs> and and, I, and I, so I immediately went to, uh, my my academy member and I was looking up his name. I said, "Okay, is he a member? Is he a coaching client? Or is he where is he?" And he's nowhere. He was just a free opt-in, and that's all he did. And he's closing his first deal. So I love. That. I booked him on the show to share that story too. I love it, and that's why. So, I yeah, you're right. We're giving away the keys to the kingdom. Is what I'm trying to say. That's why I'm doing this. Do, mm-hmm. do, do I? I don't know. Do you get paid for producing podcasts, Matt? No, not a dime. Does somebody write you a check every time you record an episode and release it? <laughs> no, they don't. And it drives me nuts when people complain about it. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> don't listen to it then. <laughs> I know. But we also provide courses because sometimes people don't want to listen to a thousand podcasts to learn how to flip a deal. So we'll condense it and compact it into a really simple, quick, easy format to go through step by step right. by step. Right. And that is worth something. And that's why we sell that stuff. But I, I love hearing stories from guys that are doing deals, just taking action, taking massive, massive action. And that's what gets me going. That's what keeps me doing this podcast 
because we're meeting people all over the world. I don't know what your numbers are, Matt, but they're probably better than mine. But we're, we have 146 people. I mean, 100, we have listeners in 146 different countries listening mm. to my podcast, our podcast. The, uh, you can, it, it's just a, it blows me away the people that I talk to from all over the world who are interested in real estate. There was a guy I interviewed just recently for our podcast. His name is Tom Wade. And uh, he's, he heard, and he mentioned your name. He was in England listening to uh, the Real Estate Investing Mastery podcast, your podcast, Epic Real Estate, and Sean Terry's uh, Flip to Freedom. And he says, you know what? Uh, why can't I do that from England? So he starts flipping deals in the United States from England. And then he thinks about, well, you know what? Why can't I flip deals in England from England the same way these guys are doing it? And it's completely different. He says England and Europe in general is about 10 to 20 years behind the United States when it comes to real estate investing. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, sure enough, he starts doing bandit signs and post-it notes and flyers and, and uh, postcards and uh, targeting sellers on Craigslist, starts doing this and, and handwritten yellow letters and stuff like that, and uh, is now crushing it in England, flipping deals. And now he's doing mm-hmm. them virtually where he's not even going to look at the house, and he just – he just said, why can't I do this here in my own market? Mm-hmm. So right, right. No, I just I have a coaching client that just signed up this a couple months ago, and he's in Canada. And we've done all types of research of, you know, what are the legalities and what can, can he do and can he and cannot do. And we just found out through escrow just yesterday, just had the call from yesterday, saying that he can wholesale U.S. properties from Canada, being a, a Canadian resident living in Canada, can put properties under contract, U.S. properties under contract, and wholesale them to U.S. residents. The big caveat there was, uh, and I didn't know that you could do that, and but now I do. But the big caveat was that he just can't take ownership at any time, so he can do the double calls or he can assign the contract. But you can do that from outside the United States. So yeah, I guess it impacts everybody everywhere. So, but is that um, is that a, a, a title company that said you could do that, or who makes that decision? Yeah, I believe it was our escrow company in St. Louis, Joe, in your town. No way. We'll have to yeah, talk I offline did. about who that was. Yeah, I don't. Her name escapes me. Uh, Mercedes looked at that for me, but yeah, she had that conversation yesterday and forwarded the email to me. Well, really, if you've got a good relationship with the title company, it's just kind of like a you could do it as an assignment, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or you could put it into a trust, or I don't know. But you could. There's all where there's a will, there's a way. I guess that's the whole point of what we're saying here. Where there's a will, there's a way. And I see the most, the people who have the most success, they don't take no for an answer. I think you would say, that, and, and by, by the way, you should listen to uh, the interview I did with Matt Terrio on an earlier podcast. If you just go to realestateinvesting.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com, and type in Matt Terrio or type in Epic in the search box, You'll find the earlier interview I did with Matt, and he's got an incredible story. It's it's still funny to hear him talk about the time he went to the tax auction and uh, how many times he dealt with rejection and no and uh, went from bagging groceries. Well, you went from like making close to seven figures uh, to making $7 an hour. Yeah, in about a six-month time frame. Within a yep. six-month time frame, you went from being a big-time record producer Mm-hmm. And then Napster came out and stole the, the carpet from under you. And yep. 
and then you started flipping groceries, and then you find out about real estate. So Matt has an amazing story. You should go look at, listen to it from an earlier episode. Flipping groceries, I like it. Flipping groceries. <laughs> All right, so Matt, um, you what are you working on these days? I know you're still doing deals, but you're doing them all over the country. As mm-hmm. you're you're selling turnkey rental properties, is that your main bread and butter right now? It is. Uh, you know, one thing that I got out of our mastermind group this last year, Joe, and thank you for introducing me to it, um, was how to do or how to make more by doing less and narrowing in your focus. Yeah. So almost all of 2014, we really just we had so many tentacles out there, <laughs> arms out there in all different things. And this year we just, we reduced it down to three main focuses or, or foci, I think is the plural form of focus. Uh, one is the education arm, so the Epic Pro Academy. Second is our turnkey operation, cash flow savvy. And then just this last November, I opened up a real estate hedge fund of which I'll do all of my own investing underneath that, that umbrella. Yeah. So those are our three uh, heads of our business, I guess you could call it. And that, but right now, the turnkey operation is certainly uh, the big money maker. But I'm looking to make the other two to at least equal it or surpass it. Now, talk about the. Well, I want you to talk about your hedge fund because that just sounds crazy mm-hmm. complicated. <laughs> but uh, okay. how? Okay, talk about the the business that you're in, where you're finding deals in other markets. And you're you're wholesaling them or flipping them to investors who are looking for cash flow. Sure. Uh, well, it's turnkey investing is basically kind of what it, what what it insinuates is that you you buy an investment, you turn the key, and it works. And uh, there's a big demand out there by people, or there are a lot of people that want real estate. They understand what real estate can do for them, but either they don't have the time to do it because they already have a career or they don't have enough knowledge to go out and do it, or they just, like you opened up uh, this, this show with, they don't have the desire to go do all the heavy lifting, all the dirty work. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out there that fit, fall into one of those three categories, if not all of them, and have money. And so, we've, especially here in, in California, we've been able to, to find quite a few of those uh, investor clients. That um, So what we do is we go out and we find cash-producing markets and build cash producing assets. We fix them up, we put a tenant in place, we coordinate the property management, and then we sell them as a cash flowing asset to our investor clients. And then we'll hold their hand as long as they need to until they're up and running and independent. And we've done that in 10 markets right now. Okay. That's a pretty big operation. You didn't get there overnight, right? How did you build up into that? Yeah, we started with one. Started with one market. We started in Memphis. And then uh, we found similar numbers, and the demand grew to where we could, couldn't supply, couldn't find enough properties to, to fulfill the demand of our clients. So we looked for other markets that had similar numbers. And so we went into St. Louis, and then we went up into Cleveland. And now we're in Kansas City, we're in Columbus, we're in Cincinnati. Um, Indianapolis is, is a great market for us right now. And then uh, we started partnering with, with other turnkey operations. So now we're in Birmingham and in Huntsville, Alabama, and then we're in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. All right, let's talk mm-hmm. about this. What came first, the chicken or the egg for you? What What comes first, the buyers or the sellers? Mm. Well, with my own business, I built my own portfolio. I had a, probably 100 units of my own before I really started the turnkey operation. And for sure, the deal came first. The deal always came first because, I mean, I built almost my whole portfolio using that of my own money. 
and it's a lot easier to raise money. It's a lot easier to find private investors when you've got the deal in place than when you don't. Right. So to me, it's the deal is first. Then uh, with the turnkey operation, though, it's kind of like depending on what the demand is from our buyers is how we ramp up or ramp, ramp down our marketing arm. Okay. Let's talk about then you – because you're, you're constantly doing marketing for buyers though, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. that comes from your podcast though. Correct? Definitely. I mean, I'm almost my entire business is built built off of my podcast, which I had no idea what happened. That was not in the plans initially. I really wanted to uh, become an, uh, an information marketer. I had my own real estate portfolio. Now I was like, okay, let me go ahead and I'm going to teach people how to do what I did. And that's what the podcast was really for, is to you know generate interest of my academy and, and generate information on my instruction and education and coaching. But it turned into something totally bigger that I could have never seen for myself, and that was people just kind of like, you know, Matt, this is a lot of work. Can you just do it for me? Right. <laughs> you know, and I had I attracted a good number of those where it made sense for me to actually start a business around that. And I don't know if you know it or not, Joe, but I just started a second podcast just for that. It's called Turnkey Real Estate Investing. Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I found out that over the last six or seven months after talking to all of our turnkey clients and and then talking to all of my, my students through the academy that I really had two segments of an audience. I had those that, you know, wanted to get down and dirty and go out and do it themselves, the hands-on people. And then I had the others, the, the busy professionals that, you know, wanted real estate but did not want to get dirty. They wanted more of a passive approach. And I was like, wow, I've got – every time I created a podcast, I was like torn on who am I actually going to speak to. <laughs> am I going to teach you how to – to write yellow letters and how to fill out your assignment agreement, or am I going to teach you how to get the best ROI and, and deal with your property manager? Excellent. So I just decided let's make it easy, and I'm just going to split it up. So there's a lot of overlapping gray area that's covered in both podcasts, but one of the turnkey oper- or the turnkey podcast is a little bit more for the passive investor. Epic is now a little bit more for the active investor. Well, talk about what are the podcasts that you have right now? Oh boy. I've got, uh, it's all started with a do-over. That was my, it's my personal development self-help podcast. That's where it started. I did that to, because I was self-publishing a book. So that's why I started that. And then the whole world of podcasting just kind of opened up to me and I started the epic one. And then, uh, beginning of last year, I started one with fitness and, on fitness and nutrition. Uh, it's with my personal trainer, John Schaefer. And we just kind of used me as the guinea pig. I was kind of like a, the biggest loser specimen. So, uh, I was, I kind of play the, the dummy that doesn't know anything on the podcast and John answers all my questions. He's the expert. So that's the third one. And then just this last month I started the turnkey one. So we've got four of them now. Nice. And, uh, I wouldn't have started them if, uh, I, I didn't, um, see the value in them if they weren't producing something for me. And, and so I love it. It's the biggest blessing. I don't even know where I'd be if podcasting didn't exist. What the, the two real estate ones you have, what are they called again and how can people find them? Sure. Epic real estate investing. Very simple. Epic, just like it sounds, E-P-I-C. And that's the Active Investor Podcast. And then there's Turnkey Real Estate Investing. And that's the passive, more the passive approach. And if you're listening to this voice right now, then you probably can find both of those right there as well. Really good. And I I did listen to the first couple that you did on the Turnkey um, Mm -hmm. one, and it was really well done. Um, Thank you. You didn't have your picture on the cover art, though. I did not. I did not. Um, <laughs> Those of you who don't know what I'm just, talking about, normally Matt has his picture on the covers. Um, <laughs> Only two, two of the four, 50%. Okay, um, all right, all right. Yeah. But uh, no, I just, I 
just let's do something different. I was looking kind of at the how am I going to make this stand out, so I looked for some artwork that I thought would stand out, and I'm not sure if I nailed it, but uh, it's, the podcast is doing really, really well, so I'm, I'm happy with it. Well, I like it. It feels, it feels a need in podcast mm-hmm. world right now for turnkey rentals. I like it a mm-hmm. lot. Well, you know, that's something that, that kind of came from the last CG meeting, uh, Joe, was, you know, we did that little breakup meeting or breakup round where everyone had to, got to have their one-on-one meetings with everybody. Yeah. And my card filled up so fast, my appointment card, with everybody wanting to have this meeting with me. And the number one question was, should I or shouldn't I start a podcast? <laughs> and that was when everybody wanted to know. And I gave everyone the advice. Well, the first question was, do you want to be like a famous podcaster or are you looking to drive business? Mm-hmm. And everyone said to drive business. And I said, well, this is what I would do. And you and I kind of, out of a conversation, kind of came up with this and agreed on this together was get really dig into your niche yeah. of whatever you're doing. And, you know, if you're a wholesaler in, you know, Detroit, Michigan, you might want to start a podcast on Detroit wholesale property or something yep. like that. Yep. Just get really dig, dig in. You're not going to be on the charts. You're not going to get thousands and thousands of, of um, downloads, but you're going to get hundreds for sure. And of those people that download your podcast, guess what they're interested in? Mm-hmm. They're interested in exactly what it is that you do. And they're going to listen to every episode you release because it's specific yep. to them. Don't be afraid of the niches. And in mm-hmm. fact, your niche should be so narrow it's uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. one of the drawbacks mm-hmm. to having real estate investing mastery, my podcast, because it's so general it appeals to tons of people. But uh, I love what you've done, Matt, in having something very narrow and specifically focused on a specific audience. And mm-hmm. uh, you may not have the huge downloads that other podcasters have, but the few people that are listening to it are much more uh, interactive and attentive and interested in what you have to say. Exactly, and we just we've actually got our very first client to open escrow today from that podcast. So that's been out about forty, you know, maybe less than thirty days. Right, right at thirty days, and we got our first client from it today. Good for you. Good for you. Directly from it, saying, "I never heard of you before that podcast." So that was like perfect, and that's where I was going with that whole story. Was at the end of of our mastermind meetings and all those one-on-ones I had, I was like, I gave the same advice to every single person and then looked at myself like, but I'm not following that advice. So that's why I started the podcast. I was like, well, let's go ahead and practice what you preach. So I created a a new podcast really with a a deep niche. That's interesting. And I'm thinking about starting a new one myself, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not ready to announce it yet. It's going to be, (laughs) I'll tell you later on to see what, what you think about it. Um, sure. But it's I, I I I love podcasts because they allow you to spread your message out and and give a lot of good value, but you can also get a mm-hmm. lot of good business from it as well. Now mm-hmm. and they live forever, which is cool. Well, they do. You're absolutely right. Yep. Uh, now, how did you talk about how you get these deals? You're finding properties to flip in a dozen different cities. How are you finding mm-hmm. these deals? How do you start with that? How do you find the deals? Sure. Well, it it began with when I was when we were in our Memphis market only. Uh, the realtor there that worked with our property manager brought us deals like three or four a day. And then uh, while on two of our visits out there, we met with a contractor or not a contractor, a wholesaler who started to send us deals. And then um, we met this guy that uh, works for the city. 
and this was in a random out, uh, evening out at the bar. Guy works for the city, and he drives around, and he boards up condemned homes for the city of Memphis. And he, we told him what we did, and he said, well, I find those deals all the time. And so we created a connection with him, and he became one of our best bird dogs, and we're just every time he got a, an order to go board up a house, he sent us the, the address of that property, and then we hunted that person down and started mailing the owners. And we get, you know, a dozen of those a day. And so that's how it started. And so we still have, like, those elements in all of our markets now. So we've got a, a realtor, too. We've got wholesalers in those markets, and we've got our, our key bird dogs in each of those markets. Uh, but I also, what I, I came up with the idea of when I'm teaching my students that, you know, one of the parts of the, of the process is teaching them to build their buyer's list. And a lot of people getting started just flat out don't have a buyer's list. So I created a web portal to where they could borrow my buyer's list until they had one of their own made, as long as they were operating in one of our 10 markets. Okay. So I get a lot of, a lot of properties now from my students. That's a pretty steady flow of properties. And it's kind of cool because they, they join the academy, and then we can also be an, an option for one of their exit strategies. So we help a lot of them make money as well. Interesting. So that, was, that turned out, that's turned out really good. Are and you still, class, I'm sorry, are you but, still doing that today? Yes, uh-huh. And that's, uh, there's an out, a portal outside, epicwholesalers.com, that's outside of the, the academy, and then it's free for academy members, so we have a second portal inside the academy. Right, but you do, because you were getting so many leads at one time, you started paying, you requiring that they pay some kind of one-time up freedom to make sure that they're serious, right? Right. So what, what happened was, is when you start saying you're looking for deals, you start getting tons of emails with people that are saying, it's 123 Main Street, it's three bedrooms, it's worth $400,000, I'll give it to you for 200000 Right. And it's like, you know very well that's not enough information for me to say yes or no on. Yeah. So it was taking a lot of our time to go through those emails in that fashion, and every person had their own format of submitting, and everyone decided, decided which information they wanted to reveal and which one they didn't, so it was lots of investigating. And it was, just, it was too much. We didn't have the manpower to go through it. So we, what we did is we laid some rules down that you had to submit it through a portal. You had to uh, uh, fill in every single field because this is all the information that we needed to make a decision as to, whether, as to whether or not we could move forward or not. And then I put a small little barrier of a one-time $97 fee. So don't you're not going to submit it unless you're absolutely serious and, and about your wholesaling. And then we refund that by five times when we close that deal anyway. So it's just an entry fee to get past the door, but you get five times that back on your first deal. So that, that slowed everything down, and now the deal that we do get in there are all very serious considerations for us. Now, do they have to have it under contract before they submit it to you? Yeah, they got to have control. It can't be I know a guy or they can't pluck them off the multiple listing service without having them under contract because that puts us in a wild goose chase as well. Didn't you also have some criteria, like if they put in the rent amount, didn't you have some kind of calculation that told them uh, the, the most you would pay for it or something like that? Exactly. So on the back, once they fill in all the fields and they hit submit, there's an automatic calculation that goes back. So all discretion and all uh, subjectivity is kind of thrown out the window. So it's a very specific math equation. It's just math. It's not whether we like the deal or not. It's does it fit the numbers. Yeah. And uh, that automatically computes in the background, and then it sends it to my acquisition manager, and he gets an email saying this is the maximum we can pay for it. And sometimes we can fluctuate there a little bit because the markets change and shift every once in a while, but... Um, that's, it just allows us to be really efficient at running through the deal. I like it. 
And so you're getting a lot of your deals now from other students in these mm-hmm. other markets. Are you doing mm-hmm. any marketing on your own, though? Yes. In the last probably eight or nine months, we've ramped that way up. I used to do that all the time. I mean, that was my only source before or as I was building my own portfolio. And then, you know, the market kind of shifted in 2008, 2009, and there was a lot of sources for properties, and you didn't have to really work the direct mail, and you didn't have to get your hustle on as much as you used to. And so we got kind of lazy, and I got out of that habit, but we've re-implemented that, all those practices in probably the last, yeah, eight, nine months. So that's where most of our deals are actually coming from right now anyway. But who takes those calls then? Do you have a team on the ground that takes those calls and meets with the sellers, or are you doing that in California? Yeah, I've got one guy here in the office that pretty much does everything virtually. We use that. We actually heard this from you when we heard uh, about the website wegolook.com. Yeah. So we'll use them to uh, take pictures, and then we have our property managers do a drive-by to tell us what they think of of the property. And because our our end buyers are typically cash flow buyers, they're they're income buyers. So we send out our property managers in those areas to drive by and tell have them tell us what the repairs are and how much he can rent it for. Nice. So those of you wondering, wegolook.com is a website service. You can pay people to go look at things for you, cars, houses, uh, blind dates. <laughs> Literally, you can hire them to go look at somebody you met on the Internet. They'll go meet them in person, and they can do a background check and take pictures of them. <laughs> do a quick selfie. Yeah, and then uh, mm-hmm. send you the details before you meet them on <laughs> right. person. But, yeah, you can use That's them to look at houses and, and cars. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, just through that service, we've created some relationships. So now we use the same people every single time. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, all right, so you're doing the marketing yourself. If you, mm-hmm. You've got a buyer who's looking for properties in Atlanta. Um, and then you need more deals. You'll just do the marketing yourself. You've got a guy in your office that takes the calls and makes offers over the phone. Is that right? That's it. That's exactly how it works. And then you're, you send We Go Look to go take pictures and fill out some kind of property report. And you have a property manager that looks at the house and gives you an estimate on repairs and gives you a, a, an opinion on whether it could be rented or not and what it could be rented for, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the key is we don't, we, do, we don't put anyone through a whole lot of work. Like we don't send our property manager out on every single call. We get them under, prop, under contract first. We run a really quick and dirty uh, math formula on what the property is worth and what our maximum offer price is. We submit that. And if we're in the ballpark, we get that contract signed and then we do all the work, but we don't do any, we'd be, we'd have all of our, our team run around doing crazy stuff if we did it for every single big deal or potential deal. So you're targeting properties that are going to cash flow, correct? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're targeting homes. Like let's just look at the Midwest, for example. That's where most mm-hmm. of your deals are because that's where the best kind of returns are, right? Right. Um, if, a, if a property rents for 800 bucks, give me a, kind of a rundown on how you make your offer, how you calculate your offer. It'll rent for $800 and do a typical s- scenario for repairs and things like that. Well, that's the, we, we used to do it. We used to reverse engineer based off of the rent. Okay. And that was a really good strategy when we were in two or three markets. But we found out there's it kind of breaks down when you go into markets where those dynamics don't match up. Okay. Okay. Um, and what we also shifted our focus a little bit, when this is also part of the reason we don't do it that way anymore, is we have found after about 
four years of running this turnkey operation and working with our clients and helping them get their properties to perform that on paper, a property that shows it's going to produce a 13, 14, 15% cash on cash return will probably be outperformed by the property that on paper shows an eight or 9% cash on cash return. So it's just, it just has to do with the, the neighborhood that the property is in because the, the lower income neighborhoods and we stay out of, we don't even go, we don't go into war zones. We don't go into dangerous areas. We've been, we ended up there a couple of times accidentally, but that's not our focus. And we stay out of that when we know that that's the situation. But even in those lower income areas, you know, you get a really good purchase price to rent ratio there. That's going to produce a 14, 15. I mean, that's not uncommon to us to stumble across 17, 18% cash on cash returns. But for some reason, one reason or another, those properties actually don't perform to the 17, 18%. They because, probably perform more to the 8 or 9%. Right, because they are in such bad neighborhoods, right? It's hard, to, it's hard to find good quality tenants. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call the neighborhoods bad because I've been to these neighborhoods. I don't feel like I'm not scared. I'm not intimidated by the neighborhood. They don't look bad. There's green grass. There's um, cars that aren't parked on the lawn. They're parked on the street. Houses are painted and kept up. You know, it's just... Uh, you know, it's I, I just like the nature of, of the tenants in that area, I guess, and uh, and then property management is everything as well. All right. So, but, how do you? That's a whole other conversation. Well, that leads me to another question. But you still haven't answered how you make the offer. How do you calculate okay. the offer? But then also, so what I, also answer the question. Then what what kind of houses are you looking for? Got it. Okay. So uh, as far as the calculation, we stopped reverse engineering from the rent. And we can still do that in a couple markets, but overall we stopped doing that. And we just do the basic, uh, the fair market value times 70% minus repairs, minus your profit. Boom, there's your, there's your offer price. But, you know, okay, mm-hmm. but, because I know where you're going, and I, and I appreciate your openness on this. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know what, in a, in a rental market where a house is like 80 or 90% of the houses sell to landlords, mm-hmm. what is an after repair value? of a house there because there is no retail market. Does that make sense? Right, right. So that's what we'll make our offer to get them under contract for. Then once we have them under contract, then we decide what we're going to do with them. And this really was the big shift when we started doing direct mail again. So nine months ago, we made this big shift that you can target rental properties all you want. You can target exactly what you are looking for all you want, and you still know you're going to get a bunch of stuff that you don't want. So what we, why we do that formula up front and get everything under contract first that way is that if it's not going to make a good fit for one of our cash flow buyers, we can still wholesale it. Just because we don't want it, just because our, our clients don't want it, doesn't mean somebody else doesn't want it. So, okay. that's, so once we get under contract, then we decide how, what's our extra strategy. Because the acquisition strategy for everybody is going to be the same thing. You know, you go through the same steps, but what you do after with after that is where everybody's different. So that's that's how that's why we use that calculation. Okay, so then let's say you've got a property. Well, answer my next question then. What sure. kind of neighborhoods are you looking for? What kind of house are you looking for that that you tar- so you're targeting? Cool. So we look for three bedroom, two bath properties. Um, a lot of the Midwest is one bedroom, but we were looking for two. But we do one bedrooms all the time. Um, but three bedroom, two bath, uh, and just priced at just at or just below the median price range for that area. Okay, so St. Louis, for example, 
mm-hmm. the median home price in St. Louis is let's say one hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. So, what price range are you looking for homes in? Our retail price right now is probably landing between seventy and one hundred and ten. Okay, seventy to one hundred and ten. So you're mm-hmm. automatically by doing that avoiding the really bad crime areas. I guess you'd say mm-hmm. the blight. And we've made those adjustments over the years, and, and now we're we're pretty dialed in now, and, and everything is performing really well. So when you're targeting homes in the seventy-five to one hundred and ten thousand price range, your cash on cash return is going to be lower on those properties, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it it depends on how you buy, but typically it, it, it it's going to end up between probably eight and twelve percent. That's our sweet spot. Well, that's still phenomenal, but yeah, no, I, I'm trying definitely. to let people realize, think about that. You know, you you're not going to get fifteen percent ROI, and you probably guess what? Don't want a property where they're advertising fifteen percent ROI or cash on cash return because. Um, that that might be a property in an area that is just too rough for you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you'll be lucky enough to even find a property manager who'd be willing to rent property in that area. Right? And so, if they are willing, that should raise an eyebrow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I've been through that. I've, I've, I've been through the property manager. Oh, yeah, no problem. I was born and raised that neighborhood. I go there all the time. We got a bunch of properties over there. No big deal. Like, really great. What a find. I'm so glad we found someone here that can get this property to perform, and then it's a totally different story once you get into bed yeah, with them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you're, I can understand now when you're targeting homes in that price range, it's, it makes a little more sense to do the ARV times 70%, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So is there a quick and dirty way that you make these, that you've trained your guy on the phone to calculate offers? How does he make these offers? Yes, we actually are quick and dirty way. Based off that initial conversation, if, if we do a, a soft pass and, and that all-cash offer, that really low all-cash offer is, is going to be considered, we'll go ahead and we'll just send that over. But probably 75 to, I'd say 75, three-fourths of the time, we are sending over a three-option letter of intent. Oh, so interesting. We have, so we have a low, uh, the, the option one is our low, all cash offer. Option two is an interest only offer, and option three is a principal only offer. You're talking about owner financing. Back. Owner financing, right? Right. And you don't doesn't matter to you if there's a mortgage on the property. You're you're only doing owner financing offers to free and clear properties. Actually, we make the same offer to everybody, and then they'll it'll come back to us rather than us going through now the interrogation of. You know, how much do you owe on the property and what's the interest rate on the payments current, like all of that. We'll just submit the offer and it'll come back to us in a way that, okay, well, I like option two, but I've got this loan in place. How can we work with that? Interesting. So they kind of, they bring it up rather than us trying to dig it out of them. Because once you start asking about finances, especially when you're going through a lot of cold numbers, and you, oh, yeah. you know this, that people get start, start to get a little protective of their, of their private information don't want to tell you how much they owe on it. For sure. And so we just stopped asking. And then if it turns out to be a subject to or whatever, just what we use that three optional letter of intent is, yes, we want them to choose one of those offers because that, that's a quick and dirty deal. Um, but what it also does, it just opens up conversation where there probably wasn't going to be one before. And then when they see option two and option three, it actually makes option one, the lowball offer, which they might have snubbed originally. But now it makes, well, I could get all my cash right now if I took this one. 
or I could get closer to my price if I waited to get all my cash. All right. So, so you're, are you making offers then to every seller you talk to? Just about. Just about. Yep. Unless they tell you to go to H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the obvious ones we don't. But uh, even the people that are like, oh, I was just, you know, kind of curious to what you have. And I said, well, we'll go ahead and we'll send you over something. If something changes, give us a call. Fascinating. I love yep. it. So the the uh, now when your 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 conversation, your acquisitions guy who's on the phone talking to them, mm-hmm. um, he tries to get a number from them. But I, I think it's cool too that you're not asking them all those mortgage questions. I, I've never done that. I've never liked doing that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're trying to find out their. I love your three questions too, by the way. And I I've, I've stolen this idea from you, and I've taught mm-hmm. it many times. And mm-hmm. I just apologize in advance. Uh, if I've ever forget to acknowledge that I got this from you, but your, your three questions, um, what's your situation? Yep. First one is ring, ring, ring. They call hey, I got this. Yellow. Great. Tell me about your situation. Exactly. The second question is, um, what would you after like to you've see listened, happen after you've there's listened? There's a lot that happens between question one and two. A lot of that's where all the rapport building is. You're just listening, 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 exactly. asking about the situation. You're relating to them. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a landlord too. I get it. I understand how that can be. Blah, blah, blah. And when that comes to like a, a comfortable, uh, a close, a natural close, then it's okay. So what do you want to have happen? That's right. question number two. I love that mm-hmm. question. What would you like to see happen? And then the third, like, uh, then the third, the next step is listen, listen, listen. <laughs> right, <laughs> a lot of listening. Um, and then the, the 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 third question is, well, if I can make that happen, how quickly do you need to sell? Is that right? Correct. How soon do you want to sell? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like that. So simple, right? There's no script involved. Right. Um, there's right. no trick NLP subliminal messages or. Um, mm-hmm. It's just asking simple, simple three questions. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you you're not even asking them really. Well, you kind of are, but you, maybe you get to this. But you're not really even pinning them down on. Okay, if I can pay cash and close in seven days, what's the least that you'd take? Is can you go any lower than that? Uh, so you're, you're are you still asking those kinds of questions then? Well, if we get if we sense a reasonable amount of motivation within those three questions, and we built the rapport, and there's some there's some comfort there in the relationship, well, typically the next step will be at least I've got a, a few questions I need to ask you. They're the same questions I ask everybody. I'm going to read them right off a piece of paper. I can get through them in about ten minutes. Do you want to do that now, or do you want me to call you back in an hour? Hmm, okay. So I give them. There's something called like I don't do the NLP and everything, but there are things that I use all the time called release statements. Right. That you're not going to get a real yes from somebody unless you give them the ability to say no. Mm-hmm. And so when I say, you know, they're, they're the same questions I ask everybody because I want to remove the fear. I'm not going to ask any special questions. I'm going to read them right off a piece of paper just to prove to you that I ask them to everybody. So now I don't really don't know I need to know a script at all. And I can train that system to anybody that comes in. And then I said, it's only going to take about 10 minutes to get through them. Do you want me to, can we go through that right now or do you want me to call back in an hour? So I give them their out. I give them the ability to say no there. Because if they say, no, let's go through them now, that's a real yes. That means I'm going to answer your questions. So you got like almost a, like a, uh, a commitment from them that's that good. they're going to participate. Mm-hmm. It's a trial close. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so then they say, yeah, you get some information from them. One of the questions mm-hmm. is, you know, how much cash do you want or how much cash do you need to walk away with, Right. Um, yeah, so how much do you want for your property is, is one. Um, 
So what was the other one? Uh, how did you come up with that? What are your, what's your estimate of repairs? Um, and uh, how, how did you determine that? I, all I want in these questions, I just want to know what they know. I want to know what they want. I want to know what they know. I'm not volunteering any information. I'm not arguing with them. I'm not saying that, no, how, how, your property's not even close to worth that. Yeah, <laughs> or you know how much it costs to put on a roof these days? Like, I don't want to get into any of those types of conversations. I just collect and ask questions and write down the information. And once we have those questions filled out, and this, we've reduced that. We've cut those in half. It used to be like 25, and I think we're down to like 10. And uh, we, just, just, we end up and go, okay, great. I've got everything I need. Let me go back and just kind of see what the market is doing as it pertains specifically to your property, and I'll come back with an offer. In fact, I might even have a few options for you. Would that be okay? Awesome. And then you're not, you're not even really making the offer right then on the phone. Mm-mm. Now, what if they don't give you a number that they want? They just say, I don't know, make an offer. Great. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll see what the market is doing because it's really not up to me. It's not up to you. It's really what the market has to say. Okay, nice. Now, but are you still, you still making a soft pass offer to them over the phone? It depends. It, it, it's wherever that conversation is going. If the motivation is higher, yes. If, if they're really pressing you, like, really, how much are you going to, I don't want to play games. How much are you going to offer me? How much are you going to offer me? Like, sometimes you get pressed like that. And we'll say, you know what, I, I still, I'm going to need to look at the market data. This could change. But as, as my experience is showing me and what the market's doing right now in, in your area, you know, looking at three-bedroom, two-baths with similar square footage, we're probably in the ballpark of, of 50000 bucks. If I If that's what the offer was, would you even consider it? Okay. And if they say no... Yeah. Okay, no. You're still sending okay, well, something in the mail, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. If we so get that far in the conversation, we are absolutely, yeah. I'm glad you said that. So every seller that you talk to that it's at least, there's potential for a deal there. It may not be now, but there's mm-hmm. potential. You're sending them something in the mail, physical mail, right? Yes. Yes, we do. We do mail and email if we can. I love it. And you're sending them a, uh, a a letter of intent, kind of as it were, with three different mm-hmm. options on there, right? Correct. And uh, that's obviously something that um, is pretty valuable. You can't give away because it's in your Epic Pro Academy, and I've seen it. It's amazing. It's a it's an online calculator that you mm-hmm. can you put in the numbers, and then you can click print, and it actually prints the offer for you that you can right. send. I love that. One of the things yeah, so we're doing right now, Joe, guess what? we're having it built into our Podio system, so it'll be a push-button offer. Oh, from Podio, huh? Yeah, from Podio, yeah. Who told you about Podio? I'm just curious. Man. This guy named, he's got this website, it's called Podio Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Podio Joe. Well, I was so resistant, but we hired a, a consultant, and they just built it all out for us and customized it around our specific business, and that's one of the features we're getting put in, is the uh, nice. three-option letter of intent. That's just a push-button. And so they're... Um, that's cool because there's some features in Podio to get a little techie um, that will run the calculations for you. And um, it's a little complicated, but once you learn how to do it, it's super easy. And, uh, yeah, I, I like Podio a lot. So that's awesome. Now you can put in some numbers. It'll spit out three different offers, the first one being an mm-hmm. all-cash offer, mm-hmm. which you, you just do for an all-cash offer. Are you just doing some... 70% or 60% of Zillow minus what you're guessing for repairs minus a whole Yeah, well, that, that, initial, that initial offer will take the 70% minus repairs minus our profit, and boom, that's the cash offer. Do you, how much time do you have your guy, your acquisitions guy, spending on getting comps? I mean, do you, do you have him go into a ton of detail and a ton of research for that? 
Nope. Uh-uh. We, we, we'll just pick a general three or four. We just, we just want to get in the ballpark is all. Because if we're off, if we find out during after we get the property under contract and do, during our due diligence, if we find that we are off, we just go back and renegotiate. Yeah. You know, we, we, we do a little bit of deeper research and the market is actually saying this about your property, not this. You know, um, I was hanging out with uh, Peter, my one of my business partners in Atlanta mm-hmm. last week or the week before. And uh, they're doing, I'm not kidding, they're literally wholesaling about 30 to 40 properties a month in the Atlanta area. And mm-hmm. I was there in his office. He's got like 10 negotiators on the phone just making offers, talking to people. Uh, I forget the number they said. They're getting like four or 500 phone calls a day, leads. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a, it's, it's a machine, right? Well, anyway, when you're going through that. Oh, Peter, minute, Peter uh, yeah. what's his last name? Vexelman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I went down on Fox operation, yeah. Okay, how long ago? That was probably nine months ago. Okay, nice guy. Mm-hmm. But um, so we're now we 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 have a marketing program that we do for clients. We do a lot of the similar marketing for them. But anyway, my point is, uh, they have all these leads coming in, all these negotiators that are on the phone. They just take this estimate and they put that estimate value on the seller lead sheet, and they make their offer. I don't remember the exact calculation, but it's based off of that. I mean, it's good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're making mm-hmm. a ton of offers, it's good enough. Just get it under contract. If it's close, get it under contract because you can always negotiate again during the negotiating phase or you know during the inspection mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get you in the ballpark. And even if it's off, it's okay because it can be corrected. Um, right. And you're probably doing the same with repairs, right? You're just you have some basic round numbers that you use when you yeah we use uh, based on what the seller shares with us. We'll do $5 a square foot if he says it needs no rehab, and they say that, but we know it always needs rehab. But we'll do $5 a square foot, no rehab, moderate rehab is $10, heavy rehab is $15 a square foot. That is simple. You, everybody listening, you should write that down. $5, yeah. $10, $15 a square mm-hmm. foot. That's going to be different in different parts of the country, but generally in the Midwest, I mean, excluding California and New York, those are pretty good mm-hmm. numbers. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Five, ten, fifteen dollars a square foot. So if it's a fifteen hundred square foot house, and they say it needs, I'll open up my calculator here. If oh, they let's say, say mid moderate rehab, that's ten bucks. So it's going to be fifteen grand. Yeah. Yep. And then if it's heavy rehab, twenty two and a half. That might be a little <laughs> low, but mm-hmm. well, it's fifteen times fifteen. Yeah, twenty two five hundred. Is that twenty two hundred? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That might be a little low, but that's for a rent. That's that's a good number actually for a rental rehab. Totally. To totally. get it ready for re to rental. And if we have that number, and then we during the due diligence, we have our contractor go through there, and our property manager, and we have the property inspection, and and we need an adjustment. Now we've got now they're the bad guy. Well, this is what the property inspection report said. This is the we got three bids on it. This is what's going to take to repair it, and so now we need I need you to share in the liability with this. I like that. Yeah. The point we're trying to make is just keep it simple. Get mm-hmm. it under contract as quickly as you can, and um, get 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 going. I love it. So you're you're sending them in the mail and in an email. You're offered. It includes three different offers in it. It's a letter of intent, right? Mm-hmm. Cash mm-hmm. offer, another offer with owner financing based on interest-only payments. Mm-hmm. And you walk through in your academy how how to make those kinds of offers. But it's pretty simple. You're, 
you are um, maybe you can talk just briefly how you sure. do that interest only offer. Sure. What we do is I purposely escalate it so each offer the purchase price is getting higher. Right. And so. I really want them to take option number three. I always want them to take option three because I'm a buy and hold guy. And if I can get a principal only payment, that's just, I mean, where can you get zero interest loans? You know what I mean? Even if I'm paying market value, I'd I'd love, that's what I want. And so it'll say that they're going to get, say, $50,000 all cash at, if they take option one, the next one will be, okay, so you're going to get $80,000 for your property but you're only going to walk with $25,000 cash and you have to take the balance on payments. Or you can get $110,000 for your property. You're going to get $40,000 at close and you have to take uh, the rest on payments. So each one looks like I'm getting a higher price and more cash. Now, you're, you're talking about from the seller's perspective or yours? Yeah, from the seller's perspective. They're seeing an, an escalation in, in how these are presented. So that uh, mm-hmm. I want them to give each one genuine consideration, and I'm really trying to steer them towards option three. What percent of your contracts that you get accepted would you say are option one, two, or three? It's typically it's probably forty forty option one and three. Wow! And then yeah. I would I would have thought it was if you were to ask me because I've never done that. I've always just made a cash mm-hmm. offer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought it would have been eighty percent take the cash offer, twenty percent take financing, owner financing offer. Mm-hmm. Well, we look the if you look at it, how our offers come across, that option three sometimes we'll give them one hundred and ten percent of market value mm-hmm. if we really want if we really want that property. And what kind of terms? How many years are you doing that with? Oh, I'll just say we're going to divide payments up into three hundred monthly payments. So that is how many years? What's that fifteen years, something like that. Right. So you're amortizing it. And the, the, you're amortizing it over. Well, there is really no amortization. It's just no. You're, you're a finance owner financing it until it's paid off. That's twenty five years. Three hundred. So okay, two hundred payments would be the yeah. So twenty five, twenty five years. But they don't see twenty five years. They don't right. see interest. They don't see no interest. They just see the balance divided into three hundred payments. And you're getting. You're making sure that you're getting a certain amount of cash flow every month with those payments, right? Oh, absolutely. I still get a double-digit cash-on-cash return with that, with tenant paying down 100% of my loan. And how many deals would you be throwing away if you didn't offer that kind of a scenario, Matt? Probably 50% of your deals you would have lost if you weren't offering them some kind of special owner financing. I think so. I think, it, like I said when we first started talking about this three-option letter of intent, is it creates a conversation, it creates consideration where there wasn't any before. And that could be, gives you more, gives you get more consideration for your lowball offer, because now it doesn't look as insulting, because now they've got three op- options. Or, it's like, well, I can't sell it that low, but I kind of like the third price, because I, I could use the income as well. So, I, I mean, I haven't done an exact yeah. uh, analysis or a split test of what I've lost, but we can, we do a lot of deals. You know, we do ten to twelve a month. You know, uh, we're coming up to an hour. I, I thought our conversation would only be like thirty forty five minutes, but as, <laughs> as usual, talking to Matt, you like your head starts to to explode with all of these awesome ideas. And I'm hoping everybody listening to this is getting what we're talking about here. This is gold. This is we talked about before the keys of the kingdom, and maybe 
Now I was going to say maybe that would be a good podcast title, but it's not because it's <laughs> these really aren't the keys of the kingdom. But this is amazing. You get really poor, you get really poor search results too. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is really really amazing stuff. And Matt, you set it up where you're not um, really on the phone talking to these sellers. You've got someone doing this for you. I'm sure you've got somebody sending the marketing for you, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've maybe got some VAs doing some admin stuff, but you've also got somebody in the office taking the calls for you, right? Mm-hmm. And can you talk briefly about how you found that kind of a person to do that? Sure. Every single person, I have six full-time people that work for me, and all six of them were podcast listeners. Nice. They were coaching clients, cash flow savvy clients, they're pro academy members, you know, so to speak, they were already drinking the Kool-Aid before they started working for us. So they were just perfect people. They've been a perfect fit. They're happy. I'm happy. You know, all of the compensa- compensation is based off of how well the company does. And so everyone works as a unit. Everyone works together. And everyone is all for the betterment of the company because they know when the company does well, everybody does well. And they, that gets measured. I mean, everybody gets paid on the day that the, a property closes. So everyone's always fighting the deadlines, everyone's always striving to win, tri- striving to get the, the most profit out of a deal because they know they're all compensated accordingly based on the performance of that deal. And so you, you pay them 100% commission, right? Mm-hmm. Or is there a base salary that they get, a draw? No, it's 100%. We have one hourly person, an admin person, and then our bookkeepers, of course. But, um, yeah, everybody's 100% commission. But when they walked in, we were doing 10, 12 deals a month. So they just kind of stepped in the money. So your only overhead really is your marketing expense. Mm-hmm. And the office. And your office, right. But that's mm-hmm. pretty negligible. I love that because anybody could go and find, you know, maybe somebody at your local RIA group or, or somebody already has a working understanding of real estate, maybe a realtor, mm-hmm. and say, look, I'm going to do a bunch of marketing and I need somebody to take the calls. And mm-hmm. here, go, go, through Matt, go through Matt Terrio's Epic Academy course. <laughs> and fig- mm-hmm. and then learn how to do this stuff. And I'm going to start bringing you leads, and I want you to send them. Use these numbers to come up with an estimate for an offer. Ask them these questions. Send them this letter of intent offer, and uh, I'll pay you a certain percentage of the deal. And you probably don't want to say what you're paying your guys in case they're listening to this. Um, but now Everyone's paid off a percentage of the net profit. Correct. And if yep. the more deals they do, the more money they make. It's brilliant. Exactly. And the more profit they generate. Like my, my buyer, my acquisition guy knows the, the lower he purchases the property for, the more money he makes. And the person that disposes of the property knows that the, the higher the price that they sell those properties for, the more money that everybody makes. Nice. So. Well, I love it, Matt. We could be talking a long time about this, and we probably should. I know. We always do where, this. Where, where can people <laughs> Whether go? Whether we're recording or not, we do it. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, where can people go to get more information about you for two things? How can they get more information about the properties that you offer turnkey deals? And then where can sure. they go to get more information about your Epic Pro Academy or your podcast? Right. So epicrealestate.com is the mother website that can pretty much lead you to everything. But for our turnkey operation and our, our turnkey service, that's at cashflowsavvy.com, cashflowsavvy.com. And then, uh, you know, tune into the podcast, Epic Real Estate Investing, and that kind of uh, leads to all good things. EpicRealEstate.com. That mm-hmm. is the main hub for Matt Terrio. Yep. Um, then your cash flow savvy, as, isn't that S-A-V-V-Y? Correct. Two Vs. CashflowSavvy.com. 
um, you can get some more information about the properties. And listen, guys, Matt is doing deals right here in my backyard. And uh, I, I know firsthand the quality reputation that Matt has. Um, he's a good guy. He does what he says he'll do. In fact, I've sold you a deal or two before. That's right. I forgot about that. So he is he does what he teaches, and he takes his integrity very, very seriously. I mean, I've seen Matt take it to the chin before on deals just so that he could keep his word. We've taken it to other body parts as well. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you're looking, I'm, I'm say this all sincerely, um, if you're looking for somebody that you can do deals with, that you can trust, that will, will tell you the truth, will bring you good deals. Oh, and that's something we didn't even talk about. Uh, and I wanted to do that, actually. And I think it would be, it would be important. Uh, but I'm, let me finish my thought. If you're looking for somebody that you know has integrity, that is going to give you a good quality, fair deal, then you, you can trust Matt. He's a, he's a guy who stands behind what he does. And, and stand behind what he sells. Okay, so Matt, I want to talk because this is really, really important. And, and you talk about this in the first episode of Turnkey Real Estate, your podcast mm-hmm. on Turnkey Real Estate. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about when you're, when you're getting a turnkey property, mention real quickly about there is still work involved. You know what I'm saying? Go into, go into oh, that. Oh, right, right. That's one thing like passive income gotten such a, a big buzz, you know, and it, it's such a passive a sexy, income. Yeah, it's such a sexy keyword type thing. And uh, just know that passive income doesn't mean uninvolved income. Right. You know, when you buy a turnkey property, yes, it represents passive income, probably more passive than any other income you have coming into your life, especially if it's your first one. But it doesn't mean uninvolved. It doesn't mean set it and forget it. It doesn't mean it's just going to work forever and you never have to do anything. You are still an owner of real estate you still have all the responsibilities of a real estate owner. Certainly, you can delegate so many of those activities so you can carry on your, the major portion of your life and what's important to you. But you got to check in with it every once in a while. You know, it's like uh, it's not a like your four hundred one k, and you just kind of send it off to somebody and hope they know what they're doing with it, and yeah. you know, get your statement every month. It doesn't work like that. That's really good. So, I, I wanted mm-hmm. to just remind people about that when you're looking for turnkey properties and passive income. I say passive under quotes. For the amount of return that you can get, it is probably one of the most passive type of real estate investments you can get for the fabulous return that you get. But it is not just set it and forget it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's still work involved. Um, and what I always just say is like to, to create a passive income or an active income, one that's going to make you happy financially, both of them are hard work. Hey, both of them are really hard work. It's just one is going to take you, the active income is going to take you, you have to work hard for 40 years. The, working hard on your passive income, you have to work hard for maybe four to six years. But they're both hard work in the beginning. They're really hard work. But yes. just one, the question is how long do you want to work hard? Very good. Well, okay, good. On that note, guys, go check out Matt at epicrealestate.com or cashflowsavvy.com. Go listen to his podcast. Um, don't leave him any more reviews, please. Just leave us reviews. If you're gonna, <laughs> yeah. He's got enough of them in iTunes. Go leave us a review in iTunes, please. <laughs> Just kidding. Great. Yeah, go to Joe. Go, go get, tell Joe what you he's, think of Joe. He's got enough of them. <laughs> leave us reviews. All right. Thanks, Matt. I sure appreciate our conversations whenever we have them. Yeah, likewise. And I appreciate you, Joe. Thank All you. All right. See you later. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye.